Hello and welcome to Josh Coleman's podcast, a place to have inspired conversation with interesting people. Hi everyone. I'm really quite excited about releasing this episode with close friend and someone who I consider a teacher to me, Shahar Rabi. He is an assistant professor at Adler University and the former clinical program director at the Orchard Recovery Center on Bowen Island. Uh, We get into some pretty intense topics uh, about 10 to 15 minutes in, and some of it may be challenging for people, but let's see if we can keep our hearts open as we listen to what this man has to say and where it might be able to take us. There's also a new section at the back of this episode. It'll be an outro with an email address in which you can email a question to Shahar and future podcasters, and then we'll do a follow-up episode in order to address those questions. Hello, Shahar. Nice to have you here, man. Good to, good to be here, Josh. Yeah, cool. Um, as we get started in this interview, I think it's going to be, again, a bit of a free-form conversation. We know each other quite well. We've talked about a thousand things throughout time, so I'm curious to see kind of what direction the whole thing goes. Um, but I just wanted to address something right from the start, and that's that as we were both getting ready for this, we acknowledge that you and I can both feel a bit rigid as we start to have interviews. And mm-hmm. yeah, and I think that's a really common thing for people too, right? Because we're kind of on the spot. Um, yeah, I, th- I also, first of all, congratulations on this new podcast, and I hope it goes well. Thank you. I think you're a very special person, and, and you always come open to this conversation. I feel like, I don't know, it's an interesting thing, like, suddenly you're on the spot, but it's not only that, it's, it's how do we, how do I find that buoyancy and, and, and dynamic energy that I really want to bring to the conversation without getting too heady, and I think right. that's what could happen, how do I really stay in my body, and I, and I pay attention to you and to me, and make it alive, that people can feel, because for me, I think, I want, I want, I want people to feel as much as they can who I am and not what I pretend to be. That's amazing. And, and it's funny because the, during the courses that I took of yours and during the interactions we've had, you've always come back to that, Shahar. And that's what I think makes you such a great teacher or leader is because you're constantly honest about where you're at and why you're at and all those things. That's the thing that I think is the coolest part about you, to be honest. Thanks, Josh. Yeah. Like, for example, um, I met you, Shahar. What year was it? It was here in Nova Scotia. You and your wife, Saskia, were running... Um, courses here uh, with the new earth institute you had made mm-hmm. yeah. nine years ago nine years ago Oof, that wasn't yesterday <laughs> <laughs> and and i know you had like a very large impact on a lot of people here um because you were bringing something that was different than what other people were offering it was more alive as you said it was more present it was something that wasn't just a theoretical thing it was a very embodied experiential thing that we all went through together um can I just ask, basically, what was your intentions when you were doing those courses? Well, okay. First of all, I think it's also, it also speaks very much of the community that came together and the, and the unique people that are part of this journey and, and, and the openness of and the openness of, of the community that I met in Nova Scotia. People were open, they were ready, there's this humility and curiosity that I really loved. And what happened was that I, I was a bit lost, and I, I went to this deep two-week retreat, and, and, and from it, the Nearest Institute vision came, which we're still doing, believe it or not, nine years later. 
not as that intense. And and what I wanted to, was to bring together the teachings I received in India from my teacher from my teachers uh, with um, the kind of spirituality that was present at that time, uh, and to make it really embodied, like you said. Um, it was experiment, experiential, experimental. We did uh, sometimes we did stuff on the fly, and but it was based on a combination of twelve steps with Tibetan Buddhism and non-duality. That's a, that's I think a the, pretty cool yeah, cocktail. The mixture, <laughs> yeah, it, it was a cool. It was a cool mixture, and I think I think uh, Saskia, my wife, wrote the text, and I was the one of the teachers and, and we, what we wanted to do is have people have a genuine direct taste of their true nature and and what was so exciting was the the premise that people can actually get that in a short period of time doesn't mean that it's stabilized doesn't mean that it's all the time but people my motivation was to save people many many years of going into random directions, <laughs> trying trying to get what is so simple and so immediate. Well, um, I think that's in, what you did for me with those courses. I really, honestly, when I think back to where I was before those courses and what happened, the integration of knowledge and the embodiment of presence that came from those courses, I think you did that very thing for me. So your intention has been fulfilled. <laughs> And, and again, it wasn't more than that. You know, it's interesting. Every time I was trying to bring a, a different piece to the course, I, I felt the resistance of, of the participants. There was this really unspoken um, uh, commitment or a mandate that was given to me to only teach that piece at that time. Yeah. And it was interesting that that's, that's really what the, the space wanted. And since then, you know, and, and before that, but since then, I know this become this this way of viewing ourselves is, is way more popularized and, and there's way more access to this kind of teaching than That's it was true. 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah, things have changed drastically. I remember, uh, yeah. it's funny you remember, you mentioned the resistance. I remember that when you were doing the group therapy sessions, I'm gonna just going to call it that, but the group expression sessions, there were times <clears throat> where it got heavy as fuck in there, man. And then as people... Everyone just said their piece and kept going around in circle and around in circle, and then something would snap, and the whole room would feel like we were like we lightened up. You know, I don't want to yeah. use the word enlightened, but it was like something was lightened in the room, and whatever issue we were talking about suddenly felt I don't know about resolved, but less heavy. <laughs> and that was I remember thinking this guy's a friggin' magician. Like I just I've never seen anyone do that before, and so being in that room was a big thing for me just to see you doing that or just to experience you doing that really gave me an understanding that that was possible. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, and I think that the teaching was very simple. The teaching was. We don't have to change any content of our mind. Whatever is arising, if we just truly stay with it and let it keep it alive and have an intimate relationship, I know it, it sounds a bit silly, but like with the content of our mind, it moves. It moves and it resolves and, and it does what it does best. And, and I think that's what people were experiencing. We're like, what? Like, I don't have to do anything about this anger and this like messed up experience and this 
guilt and this shame and it just kind of resolved itself i think that was really surprising well it's funny because i actually have some notes written down here on some of the stuff that i learned from you or that you were teaching then and one of them was that there were three things that we do when an energy or a mentality or an emotion comes up and that's that we either avoid it indulge it or try to transform it and buddhism teaches avoid and indulge It, it, it teaches that part but the the trying to transform, the trying to fix, the trying to remedy is something I'd never heard before. And that's what you're saying is you got people to just be with it. It wasn't about trying to use white light to make everything change. It was about fucking face this now. Like, yeah, which, which really, which really makes it, 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 it brings the kind of the psychology and the spirituality, what's used can be experienced as different domains at once. Like it, the psychology of, of being with what is and the spirituality of being what is really met at that place. And it wasn't just some sort of like flaky be with what is it's actually the uncomfortableness, the, the agitated, the guilt driven discomfort of being with what is, Yeah, that's right. which, which is what we really try to move away from usually. Yeah, exactly. Well, again, thank you for that because um, that skill set has also transferred over into many other areas. And as a person who does teaching and healing work, uh, it's much easier, of course, for me to hold space for people to be exactly where they're at in that same way. Um, It's funny because the next thing I actually have on this list is meeting people where they're at. Because I, there's this one specific, there's two things actually you said. One of them was that if you had a flower, would you yell at it to grow? Or would you would you provide water and sunlight and space, you know? And that was something that I was yelling at people to grow for fucking sure up until that moment. You know, that was a really big thing for me. I never thought that way. Um, and then the other thing was, is say on the same vein, you said if a person is really in their belief, they're not going to care what you have to say. Like that's just the way it works. But everybody will eventually experience a moment of doubt And if you can set yourself up to be close with somebody and just wait for that moment of doubt, that's when it's time to bring new information or to bring something that might be helpful to that person. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's interesting when you say that I I get a bit teary because it it brings, it's silly because I I probably said that many years ago, but but the quality of that, of, of empathy, of like that, like radical honesty can be a beautiful thing, but it can be profoundly cruel if somebody is not ready for that and overwhelming people with love or, or honesty or truth or light. And is, is, could be a spiritual agenda that, that, that is, is not only a fair and really provokes shame sometimes and cruelty. Like, like if the, the person can handle it, then what are we doing? Right. So being having the empathy, aligning ourselves with, with the person's container and it, it's much more a subtle work than just being like, light, love, <laughs> <laughs> like, people can't handle that. Um, and I think and I think one of the pieces that I'm writing about right now in my book is about how how we're shaming and blaming people to stop being racist or to uh, align themselves with the way we see the world and how we constantly seem to be surprised that people say no. 
Uh, that's, and in fact, that's and in fact, the more that we do that, we seem we can't we, we don't. It's hard for us to see the and get to the conclusion that the more we push, the more we're actually seeing the the, the pendulum going the other way, and we're seeing more ethnocentric perspectives, more fascism, and well, more I, Del, Donald I, Trumpism all over the world, yeah. because nobody likes to be pushed to change. So and I, that's I, not how development works. It just doesn't. I personally very much agree with that, and so there's times where people that I'm supposed to hate, and I don't agree with them, for goodness sakes, you don't agree with, with somebody being racist, but I try very hard to be present with people that are like that in order to see if there's that opening, in order to really truly help them grow. Can I ask you, if you were to suggest to folks that get triggered, and rightfully so, when people are racist or when people are ignorant or bigoted in some sense, how would you suggest that they handle that situation? Well, one of the things I do in, uh, in university, I teach uh, counseling psychology, is that I show videos of Trump supporters to my students. Oh my God, that's and, confronting. And, <laughs> and <laughs> they hate me for that. And then I ask them to now um, play the role of that person and be the therapist. Okay. So then they have to be the therapist of these people who support Trump and, you know, maybe have points of view that uh, the students don't agree with. But what I'm trying to train the students is to have empathy, is to see the nugget of truth in each and every perspective, no matter how radical and different and unpleasant that perspective is. Because if you bear, bear, bear it down to the minimum, there is a truth. It could be a need-based truth. Like, I need to feel safe. There could be an emotional truth. I'm scared. There could be a, a truth that has to do with the dialectics of life, where, where uh, too much openness without containment might overwhelm people. And um, so there's a lot of layers. I, I don't want to go into deep there, but there's a lot of layers that we can find when we get curious about a perspective we don't agree with. And, and in, as we, we peel away the worldview that the person holds, we find the nugget of truth in, in the person's humanity. And, and I feel like the conversation we're having right now is, is like a conversation around the waves, and, and we're missing the, 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 the depth of the person. We miss, I'll say it differently, we miss the person in their operating system. Hmm. That makes sense, yeah. And you know what I mean? And an operating system can be upgraded. But the soft, the hardware, the hardware of us as a divine entity, that we share. This is really interesting. Um, just because racism is the specific topic on this one, um, sure. you, you are a person of color. Um, yeah. And you come from Israel, correct? Yeah. Um, what does it feel like? And I'm actually saying this for, um, I want to talk about this for empathy towards the people that are listening who might be like, wow, that is radical. What, what does it feel like when people are racist towards you? Like, how do you handle that when it becomes personal? Okay. So it happened a few times and I, I really, I know people might not understand this, but I, I, what I see is the person's operating system. So, and I, I, I can understand the language of that. Well, I mean, you're, I, the, you're I, the perfect person to be writing this book then because of your experiences too, right? It's like code. It's a code. 
and 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 we're all running a code i'm running a code right now this is not me being authentic spontaneous this is me running a specific operating system and in it i might develop some applications but the operating system is not mine gotcha yeah right so 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 even i in my spontaneity i'm not truly spontaneous maybe there's moments of insights between me and you so so we're all up in these beautiful operating systems all arising from the divine from the evolutionary impulse to to be better to 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 get more complex complexify and 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 if if you can see through the operating system into the binary 0101 then there's no there's no real threat there anymore I mean, it might feel uncomfortable in my body. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not being flaky. I'm not saying, "Oh, it's just fun." No, it might, I might feel a threatened. I might feel uncomfortable in my body because I'm a mammal, and mammals want to feel safe. <laughs> and I might. And I might want to, you know, punch a person in the face or run away because that's my fight flight. But underneath that, when I step away from a situation that might be dangerous, and I reflect on that, that's what's actually keeps me curious. Yeah. Because for me, we're on a trajectory, right? And 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 the, and what's what's interesting for me is where we're heading. A, a racist person is where we've came from. Yes. So so that's just a given, um, and 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 that person is not going to change. <laughs> again, like we said before, um, by. Um, and do you have a suggestion as to how these people may change? Or do you think that like a type of education or a type of empathy combined with education? Like, is there, so you wrote a book about it. So yeah, well, it's, <laughs> yeah, here's the thing. It's a 200, 200 page book, but um, <laughs> I think here's a few things we can do. One, we need to go back in order to move ahead. Uh, we need, so we need to actually get curious about, worldview that might not we don't want we don't like or don't want to be part of yeah so um that's number one number two so and that's very difficult because there's there's an there's an immediate if you're not with me you're against me yeah there's an immediate if you don't think like me you're a racist and and then we we pile up a lot of um, nuance into in a black white situation like if if you're if you're scared of immigrants then you're a racist. Yes, yeah, that's right. I mean, that's okay. The... And I'm an Im- I'm a, I'm an immigrant. I'm brown. I'm, I'm bisexual. I'm Jewish, and I'm like I got a lot of things going against me here, <laughs> in the in the context of, of 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 being somebody who can get you know a racist reaction. Yeah. But um, I'm also Buddhist and atheist and, and Christian. But um, <laughs> what but, else do you got, Shahar? What else do you got? I'm that, just joking. <laughs> that's, that's, but think about it. Think about it. Um, Instead of saying you're racist because you're afraid of immigrants, what is the need? Can I be curious about that? Can I be curious about your feeling? Can I be curious about about the loss and the grief of the change that is happening in your environment? It could be very scary. I mean, that's an incredibly, that's almost a superhero level of compassion. And I think that um, I'm hoping again. But But that is the new, that is what is asked of us. If you actually genuinely care about evolution and 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 the and and creating a society that can handle the complexity and diversity that we're handling, diversity right now, diversity is it's flat. It's it's let's just uh, everybody is equal. Everybody has their own ideas, and we're going to respect each other. But but if you don't think like us, then we don't include you in diversity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Well, so this... that's 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 a very limited version of diversity. Yeah. Uh, another thing I want to say, and then I'll let you ask this, is 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 looking at it from a place of principles. So we got dialectics, right? We we have openness and closeness. We have um, um, depth, and we have diversity. Uh, we have hierarchy, and we have um, an egalitarian perspective. These are dialectics that right now are all flattened. Yeah, and so what? And my, what you're saying is we need to give like credence to our differences, not necessarily just say that we're all equal and that's like a flat sort of statement. What I'm saying is that we need an upgraded, upgraded. Uh, we we, uh, we need an upgraded operating system. That's yeah. what I'm saying. When you, I'm when saying you a, said operating system earlier, I was thinking, oh, we're due for an upgrade. <laughs> I, so what I'm saying is that we keep on trying to work with older operating system and create new applications. Right. And that's just not enough. We need a whole new operating system that can take the level of complexity, um, the, uh, understand the, human development, um, and... Um, and understand the the divine impulse or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, I don't want to offend anybody who's not religion, religious, and and embody that. Yeah, that makes and, and a that's, lot of sense that's, to me. That's, man. Yeah, that's that's gonna, that's a challenge of our times. Yeah, well, that's cool, and I'm really happy that you're a person who is so passionate about this because I do think that if even 10% of the people moved into this state that you're speaking of, that things would probably shift and heal and move quite quickly. So I really appreciate what you're saying. It's moving. It's moving because we're, we're pushing against a wall that's not going anywhere. And we keep on pushing and we keep getting, and the wall keeps getting closer to us. And the current consciousness is very confused about that. Mm -hmm. it's, it's screaming, we are right. And it's getting the results, the opposite results. And it's yeah. a little bit like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. I'm talking, you know, I'm generalizing. Of course, there's great progress in many, many fields. And I think that's what we need. We need to get to a place of total uh, frustration and confusion, which eventually get us to a place of curiosity. And from that, it's just going to, it's there. It's in the <laughs> consciousness. It's just a matter of like, you know, and then it's, you're going to see ping, 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 ping. People going to get it. That's amazing vision, Shahar. And I'm excited to be a part of that reality as we shift into these uh, new operating systems. Um, it's cool because another thing, um, you're speaking with integrated or integral thinking, right? Spiral dynamics is something you introduced me to back in the day. And yeah, spiral dynamics and integral theory by Ken Wilber and uh, Don. That's right. And it's it's quite obvious to me that you're speaking from that that space. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a funny thing because most people still have the I'm right, as you said earlier, and there's only one way to think. And when people start to have that openness, as you said, that curiosity and that integrated way of thinking, I think it's quite shocking to people. Maybe some people may not even be able to see you, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, I think some some listeners might think I'm either profoundly flaky, or um, maybe uh, maybe actually uh, really inappropriate. Well, I, I know I know you, and I never think that. And honestly, in my life, I feel like I come off like that towards people because of that type of love as well, that type of unconditional love that that I feel in my heart for even quote unquote bad people. Um, 
And I think the big difference, though, is there's a discernment between the actions that happen, too. If someone is racist in their in their minds, for example, we're just using this as, an op as a topic, but it could be anything, and they hold a bias and they're mean by saying something mean, for example, that is fucked and it needs to be addressed. But if something becomes violent, I know that that becomes a different story entirely, too. And I think that's where a lot of people are reacting out of fear. Um, to people that to these people that are racist is because the the nervousness is that like history might repeat itself they might end up being violent towards um, people because of their racist views and I think that that's that's probably where that drive of well fuck you comes from if you know what I mean because there is a fear in behind it at the same time again if we're all in this together if there's one human race that needs to go through this operating system upgrade, then we're going to have to learn to work with where each other is at as well. And that is, uh, as I said before, almost a superhero um, compassion capacity. So again, I hope that the students that you're training and that the book that you release and that the people that you've affected by being that open and by being that radically honest and by being that empathetic, I hope that not just you, there's many people that are doing this work right now, but I hope that we will for sure uh, accomplish this goal of of a different kind of society yeah and and uh, thank you and i also think that everything we're seeing from the from the you know the the the, the people demonstrating against racism and the radicalization on both sides and the resistance that's all legitimate because it's all part of the spectrum. Right, of the so that has to happen you know I mean? in order for us to move into these... Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. it's just it's just that what I'm asking people to do who want to do or can do is take a step back and actually see the whole spectrum. Yeah. And I think what happens then is is, is, is people go, oh, wow, this, this is interesting. This is like a... This has been going on for a long time. And um, we're still part of this... Um, this giant story of, of, of a God, of an entity that is everything, that's learning about itself. Mm -hmm. That's, a that's going... So, so, so our job is to be part of a, the growing and, and learning God. Yeah. And, and part of that is stepping away from the journey of God into that non-dual space and say, first of all, everything's okay. And we need to do some work. <laughs> and... and and, but, but, but we can't do work if we're trapped into the story. Yeah. We, then, then we're just part of the story. But if we step back, we can be like, look at this incredible journey. And because we are at a point where the most progressive, the most advanced, the most postmodern and humanistic, I'm collapsing things here, I don't want to go too subtle, <laughs> are, are, are saying we have arrived. This is the truth. This is the end, and we're not taking it to the step be to a step beyond that. Mm -hmm. That rigidity or arrogance is actually creating the counter effect that's pushing us back instead of forward. And what I hear you saying is, in practical terms, that's just not the way to make this work. In other words, if we're thinking in a very grounded, practical way of how do we move forward, sometimes we have to take our emotions and not necessarily feed them or indulge them fully in order to step back, see what will be helpful for the long term, and then take those actions. Yeah, oh, and also understand that 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 even, even the most progressive ideology or the most advanced um, worldview 
the minute it starts to see itself as the end old result, as the end game, we got a problem. Because yeah. what it does, it, it moves from a live developmental stage into a, a final destination. That is what is, because then it becomes a, a, a should, it becomes a belief system, it becomes not alive anymore. Yeah. That's I, what happens. So I, I'm sitting in a group of students, and I have, again, I'm, I'm, I'm a visible minority, and, and, uh, and some of the white students in the room are saying things like, I'm really scared to say what I have to say. I, I'm scared to ask questions. I'm scared to have my opinion. And that is a dangerous thing where, where a group of people and don't participate anymore. Right, yeah. Because, because they're, they're scared of retaliation. I, I do like the idea that giving voices to people that who might not have had them before is really important, yeah. but I do think it would be everyone having their voice too. It wouldn't necessarily be a trade-off between... That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, no, I catch it's, that. It's a, yeah. it's a yes-and situation. And, and, and again, every person who, regardless of shape, race, color, gender, whatever, the minute you tell them that they're... they're curiosities, the concern, their fears is not legit anymore. All that goes into the shadow. Become defensive that, as well. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. All that becomes resentment and defense and yucky stuff. Yeah, no, that but if, if, if a person can sit in a room and say, I'm really confused about the way I feel because I'm ambiguous about A and B yeah. or because I'm not sure about C and D. And instead of the group saying you're a bad person, the group yeah. says, "Let's let's look at that." And Not because I hold the truth and you don't, because we're still figuring things out. Yeah, well, I, I again, I wish for the world those mentalities of openness and of growing together, um, because what you're saying also does require the person to be vulnerable enough to say, "I'm confused." And you know, we're coming, as you know, from a history where people had to almost have this like false sense of certainty on everything or we were yeah. or we die evolutionarily right like just very recently if you didn't have that certainty someone would would perhaps come and, and kill your whole village so yeah. Yeah, so so yeah, i i hope that we can cultivate that safety where people can be honest radically honest with how they're feeling and then we can work with each other like if we're not doing that Jahar, i don't really want to be here anymore like that's that's like like that, that, that level of openness and understanding of each other, I think, is going to be really important for as the process of reformatting that operating system. And I think you said something really important, Josh. You talked about safety. So the first step before we do anything is we need to make people feel safe. Yeah. Not just the minorities, not just the people uh, who were unsafe for many, many years. That definitely them as well, but yes, definitely like that. The, the, people need to feel safe and protected and grounded. Also the also the quote unquote bad people. Yeah. Also the quote unquote racist and bigots, etc. Because again, first of all, we're doing a scarecrow situation where we're 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 putting a whole bunch of people and we're we're calling them a specific name and and usually people. Again, like I said, people don't show up very well when, when they're when they're labeled because all their humanity collapses into a a, a, a a label. But secondly, people need to feel safe to to actually say, "I think I'm a racist," or "I think I have some issues about this and that." 
that that is the, the kind of radical safety I'm talking about. Yeah. Where nobody, no, because right now, try to say something ambiguous about a hot topic on Facebook and see what happens to you. I actually very specifically don't do that. <laughs> oh, and, and guess what? You're not the only one. Because, and I'm talking to about I'm talking to my female friends, my gender fluid friends, my male friends. People are scared shitless to put ambiguous, hot button topics, their personal ideas, or their questions or their curiosity on Facebook. Because the immediate shaming that will happen well, is so toxic. I, I, I personally think that shame is an energy that really has almost no use. There must be some application at some stage of development, but I really think that shame as a basis for a change maker, as you said earlier, will have the opposite effect. Um, That's what's happening. You're actually... Here's what we're doing. Um, Self-righteousness is, is, is fueling... Uh, right-wing agenda. So somebody is kind of like curious and he's young, he's a male and he's like, he's like maybe a female and he's like unsure about stuff and he's like, what about, about this? What about that? He wants to say something. He knows that he's going to be shamed and then he goes and does this YouTube research and he finds all these radical right-wing agendas and he's like, whoa, these people think like me. Interesting. Right. And then he goes on this like journey into the most and it, get, it gets more extreme and more extreme and more extreme. But instead of that, what would happen if we would say, hey, your position, even if I don't agree with it, and I'm actually quite emotionally triggered by that, I'm going to not just like honor it, some sort of humanistic kind of belief system, because I'm actually trying to help you and me understand how can we not only respect each other's points of view, but find a way to synergize them together into something new. Yeah, right. It's um, this may be a little bit off topic, but I was just yeah. I was saying the other day that I feel when when people overcome their toxic behaviors and we begin celebrating that, so not not like yes. actually overcoming, like going through the radical openness in one's heart to say, oh my god, like I can't believe I thought that way. I've been through all sorts of weird shit like that, and then when mm -hmm. when we go through those close perceptions and they become open if we start to celebrate that if we focus on the celebration of wow like you flowered like wow like you came into an open heart in a situation where you didn't have one before wow your mm -hmm. mind expanded i feel like that reward system will work a lot better than the shame one and it's a, re yeah. a, a genuine reward though and a genuine change you know but but again this is what, I, what i'm writing in my book we don't have and cultural ceremonies for that yes that's right because because we see what i'm saying what's lacking because i keep back to operating system operating system comes with it a whole package of stuff ceremonies initiations uh, practices ways of thinking about stuff all this is new it's completely new territory and we're not only exploring the territory we're creating the territory so so think about that imagine a system a culture where uh, we prioritize safety. Oh, I can. Prioritize... Oh, I, oh, I can imagine it, Shahar. And again, I'm I'm trying to create that in my own circles. I'm trying to create that right. in, in the classes that I do. I'm trying to create that in the way that I move and walk in the world. Um, and I I know that you're doing the same thing, and I know there are other people doing the same thing. And I really hope that that is going to weave together to create this big mosaic of this new culture that we're forming. And and again, you're right because what is needed 
is a mosaic. It, it needs to be localized. It needs to be grassrooted. It cannot have um, a, a, a generalized leadership. Yes. It yes. can't. You can't. It can't have a guru or a leader. And the whole way of thinking about tribal consciousness and 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 the, the religious of tomorrow and the cultures of tomorrow have to be so much out of the box and and yet build on the, the, the profound lineages of the past that's, and that's and then transcend them transcend them into the, a, a really new way of thinking about things again I, we don't have time to explore it but but you're right that's what I think what makes this time really, really exciting. It's really cool because, and just to bring things into a bit of a lighter space, I actually have a funny story to tell about an interaction that we had, I think, in 2011. Sure. I made a YouTube channel. Do you remember back in the day I made a YouTube channel? Mm-hmm. And I said to you, I was like, Shahar, I really want you to give me a criticism. I want you to look at a video that I made and I want you to criticize it. And you responded back with, um, you were like, oh, Josh, you know, I'm not your coach. We are friends at this point. It was after we had ended the courses that we were working with. You were like, I I don't want to hurt your feelings. You were like, I don't want to say something that's going to make you feel upset with me as a friend. And I remember being like, fuck that. I want a criticism from Jahar. And I remember feeling like really kind of steamy about it and just being like, just give me a criticism. And you watched my video and you had sent back um, an email, I believe, or something like that. And it was like, Josh, that was a really good video. There was something I noticed, though. Part of the time, it felt like you were talking like in oneness to me. In other words, it was a transmission of presence. It was you and me were on the exact same level, the exact same space, and you were transmitting that. The other half of the time, it felt like you were the teacher, You were the person who was trying to tell me how I should be thinking or feeling. And what you said was that every leader and teacher is going to have to walk that line. Because again, we are individuals and we have these complexes. And then also that presence is something we can access. And that changed my whole life, really. And I remember when I received that, I remember thinking like, I can't believe you almost withhold that shit from me (laughs) because I didn't, that was still not something that I fully understood inside myself. So when you reflected that to me, and the reason that I just said that is because like you were saying, we don't need a guru. We don't need a one world new religion leader or whatever, um, because it's that openness and that transmission of presence between people that's actually going to fuel this thing. So I just wanted to say that again, like in my personal life, that particular piece of advice that you gave relevant to the situation ended up being enlightening to say the least. <laughs> I'm really happy to hear that, man. Yeah. Well, I'm just glad you said it, man. That's what I'm saying. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, no, no, no. I don't trust. The thing was, I don't trust everybody's opinion. I feel like a lot of people are still coming from their projected spaces. So it takes. I could see. I knew that you would be honest with me as well. I guess I'm trying to say, and I appreciate it. <laughs> so, so Shahar. I think that we've talked at pretty strong length about what you're up to with that book and, yeah. and what, what your philosophies are here when it comes to that. And I thank you very much for sharing all that. I think I hope that that ends up being very helpful to people who are working on the front lines trying to create change, because I do think that with that more Wu Wei approach of acceptance, understanding, and then bringing through um, something new, that will have much better success at what we're doing. So again, thank you very much for laying that out. Um, yeah, and, and and I want to thank the audiences for like holding space for that because it's complicated and complex and could be overwhelming. 
Yeah, and I have a, a strong feeling that some people may feel very overwhelmed, and I think other people are. I think other people are going to see themselves. <laughs> you're, you're a rascal. <laughs> I think other people are going to see themselves in what you're saying too, and I think it's going to help people as well, even with the, the challenges. So thank you very much for that. Um, yeah. And I was going to end every episode. This is only the second one, but I was going to end every one just by saying. Do you feel like we should start to wrap up in that direction? Is that cool? Yeah, yeah. It's your show, man. (laughs) It's my show. Cool, I can say that. Um, (laughs) uh, The question that I'm going to ask everybody is if you could just say one thing, and it's kind of like I know you're not into catchphrases. I know you're not into uh, summing up complex issues with one-liners, but if you could just say one thing to the world, if you could put it on a a big message board that everyone could see, what, what what would you say or what would you give to people? Could you elaborate on that yeah. anymore? Could you elaborate on what you yeah, mean? I, I, think, I think in the end, you know, with all the theories we talked about and all the, 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 the big changes ahead of us and yada, 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 um, I think we, 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 we strive to feel enough and we strive to, to matter. And, and I think one of the, the, the most beautiful things that happened to me in the past 10 years through therapy and having children and... It's, it's just just to know that I'm enough, and I want. I, I, and it's a great feeling. It's it's a really beautiful feeling, and I and I want that for everyone. I think I think when you feel like you're enough, you you can ask for what you want, and you you don't have to manipulate others to f- fill in a hole in your heart or you just feel enough. You feel you feel like you're you just had a beautiful meal. And that it's enough. It's not perfect, and it's not complete. And I think, and I think, if if I even as a therapist, when I work with people, if I can, if I can teach them that, to show them that, that is the most. I think that's the most profound thing that a person can do. That's absolutely beautiful. And thank you so much for ending on that note. Um, thanks, Shahar. I love you, man. Yeah, I love you too. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions for the podcaster today, send an email to questionjcp at gmail.com. That's Q-U-E-S-T-I-O-N-J-C-P at gmail.com.